Hello and welcome to another episode of the Discuss podcast. I'm your host Jake Stewart and on today's episode it promises to be an extraordinary journey into the world of reggae and dub with a truly exceptional artist. Our guest today is not just a musician, he's a sonic storyteller. Weaving cultural narratives through his beats and rhythms that he creates and also through the language that he uses. Joining us is the one and only Kibila Amlak, a maestro in the realms of reggae and dub production and also a long-time member of the Sound System fraternity. His work goes beyond melodies, it's a cultural exploration, a celebration of identity and a vision for the evolving soundscape. Throughout this episode, we delve into the roots of Kibir's music, exploring his, his historical influences, the cultural identity embedded in his music, and how he envisions the future of sound within the reggae and dub genres. So stay tuned, stick around, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Discuss podcast. We're back again on a new episode. We've got a very special guest with us today. We've got Kibir the Amlak, as he's visiting Bristol. And he's been here for last night's session at Teachings in Dub, where he performed. Thank you very much, Kibir, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's very much appreciated. And uh, you're someone who I've always wanted to have on the on the podcast. And I've heard you speak many times in a session and on other, other podcasts. And your perspective is something which I think is very valuable. So, yeah appreciate it great man i look forward to see where we get to in this discussion then yeah that's it so how was how did you find last night first of all let's get to it but as it's fresh in your mind and fresh in your experience how did you find last night's session well i think i should just put in a little disclaimer before we get going that this is simultaneously a great time to have a conversation but simultaneously a, a dangerous time to have a conversation because i've had very little sleep and i traditionally get very introspective after a session so i'm gonna proceed through this probably quite slowly um but i think that's a great time to 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 get into this discussion now because i'm very much in still in the process of processing last night's session and yeah i found it to be a, a very deep session bristol is a city that's close to my heart teachings in dub is a series of events that is very close to my heart and like I said last night I don't even classify it as an event really I, I feel like these great sessions like teachings in dub and the other kind of sessions that have championed reggae sound system throughout the years have become part of like a integral social social fabric of cities like Bristol and it was really blessed to be back there for the 16 year celebration last night and close close the session and close it with a heavy dose of organic live instrumentation Rastafari infused roots reggae music which is traditionally not how sessions are closed nowadays it's normally mm -hmm. like an upward trajectory of tempo and it gets very sort of hard towards the end of the session whereas Last night was a break from that. Um, Welcomed as well, I think. I, I think so. I think so. I, I feel like it was a, a a deep session in many ways for many people. And it's a very complex moment of time that we find ourselves in at the moment. So 
but the responsibility of providing something of wholesome benefit for people in these times is even greater and from the feedback that I've received so far I think collectively we created something beautiful last night and, and I was glad to be a part of it. Would you like to use the word communion in those environments like creating a sense of community and communion separate from obviously the religious Christian aspects maybe but I think I like to use the term ceremonial. Ceremonial, yeah. For me, sound system is extraordinary. is is an extraordinary example of a kind of contemporary, contemporary and often urban manifestation of something very sacred and ancient and ceremonial. And I've forgotten the question. That's okay. <laughs> you create when you say ceremonial. I really feel that with your performances. I think that you incorporate certain aspects in within your performance which is like burning of incense in frankincense that's yeah. Right. sorry yeah burning of frankincense and having imagery in front of you and generally just the space that you you create and you hold it very much instantly felt like like we were in ceremony and have you is that something you think you've adapted over time and like brought into your performances and or is it, is it something you've always felt is really important from the beginning? I think I just have to acknowledge really that it's like I stand on the shoulders of giants and nothing that I do is anything that is inherently unique to myself. I feel like I've just tried to carry on the tradition in the ways that it was set by the elders of the tradition for as long as I can remember the aroma of frankincense was also infused with the aroma of ganja in yeah. the sessions and I feel like frankincense carries a kind of energetic resonance in, in, in its aroma that brings something sacred into the space. The little things that I do like to set my space and things, I, I have a a picture of his imperial majesty that I, I have with me that is that faces me throughout the time that I'm playing so I use that as a way as like a way to hold myself accountable like there's many many accounts um, from all types of people who were that encountered his majesty in flesh that say that his eyes had this um piercing like people say his eyes were like rings of fire and mm. he could elicit profound reactions if you ever made eye contact with him like people wanted to shoot him and like they couldn't pull the trigger just because of the eye contact wow. so for me it's like if i ensure that i can make eye contact with my image of the king while i play it holds me accountable i have to constantly keep myself accountable in that way to is it like I can't go wayward because I got to look back at the king and 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 take into put put my actions on the balance of the scales of righteousness for want of a better word like I'm I, it forces me to ask the question of like is what I'm doing beneficial for this moment in time is it the correct 
use and allocation of the resources that I have in this moment of time. It almost demanded the best of you. Yeah, man. It, yeah. It, 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 it keeps me, it keeps the human tendency because this thing that I hold as sacred and ceremonial and ritualistic is also forced to exist in a very ego driven music industry framework, which is now dominated by the need to have a social media presence, which is dominated by sensationalism. And mm. that sensationalism is paradoxical to uh, often to the best needs and wishes and desires of the human being. So Correct, yeah. um, it keeps all of that side of things in check because it's very easy to get swept up in the moment of like, this is me and this is my show and this is my segment and this is my time and I need my time, my timeline needs to be banging after this and I need that little clip of when everyone's going nuts. And right. so... It, that's like the done thing now. That's what almost people just tend to that. I think people just feed into that because they see others doing it and it's like following suit rather than doing art for art's sake and and what it, the powers in which it creates rather than looking for what you can present to the public afterwards that's always going to take away from the present moment well the actual the things that we in my opinion the things that we hold very dear to the um creative fields and the sacred kind of arts and things don't sensationalism is 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 is, an, is the antithesis of that in a way yeah. so it, it is like a, a tension it's a very rough tension to be in at the moment because actually for me in terms of as as being like for want of a better term a creative professional um when my creative professionalism works at its best it might be that the fact that the audience have decided collectively to sort of stand still and take a breath and hold a reflection on themselves and the space. And when you film that and put it on social media, it looks like my thing just flopped that yeah. hard. It looks like I'm a major flop because you can't, <laughs> the camera can't pick up the fact that people are having internal revelations. I'm saying the energy that's also experienced in the in the physical being and the and the, on the soul like the soul connection, as you could say. In that in that ceremonial space it, within the shared experience is never conveyed on on a on a camera. Often I've recorded loads of dances of my own or sessions that the energy looks crazy, and the, and especially within roots dances, I find often the times when people are having that most introspective experience and that that reflective experience, they they might not even be dancing that much. They're stood there exactly in in their in their spirit in their mind and it's not necessarily always a physical expression that conveys that that experience i know for myself personally in the dances when it, when it when i'm having those exact moments where you what you're talking about those reflective moments i'm not really even thinking about dancing i'm mm. not i'm 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 soaking up what's going on i'm experiencing and i'm spending that time in in that reflective space and you're right it can really not cameras really can't pervade that energy you have to be there to feel it, I find. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, I should also say conversely, it's like after successfully navigating some moments like that, you can eventually get to a moment of catharsis where everyone really genuinely is freeing up and that does translate very well. Yeah. But the thing is that takes time and it takes patience and you've got to sort of have the courage to ride out those moments of discomfort because those cathartic releases that that, that happen when they're captured on camera for instance to the casual observer maybe it doesn't look particularly different to a sort of hedonistic explosion um, of energy in a room but the, the key difference for me is that a hedonistic explosion of energy is an individualistic explosion but when you create a collective cathartic explosion of energy it's the the space of everyone and the resonant frequency of the room has reached a certain sort of tipping point where now everyone has been on a sufficient amount of introspection they've yeah. organically managed to navigate the tensions that they need to kind of overcome in order to free up and then collectively you free up and that i think is actually that that moment is the allure that has made sound system so captivating and when people look back on those vintage footages of the old school sessions and things and they see like those wild dancing and they see a room full of people like freed up and 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 expressing themselves through their movement and whatsoever that that can be misconstrued for the same thing that happens in in a hedonistic setting where you can just sort of like hype people up and and get people jumping but the the difference is the hedonistic one it's over and done with in 30 seconds but the cathartic one you can engage with that for a period of time and and it will carry you for like days weeks months yeah. sometimes years after that event but but it is a whole process to get there and sound system has always been this uh, scenario where i see like and 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 it takes if 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 the the energy energetic flow of the session ebbs and flows over a period of time and on 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 that constant sort of ebb and flowing by the time it's ebbed and flowed or like a peak and a trough 10 different times you've got 10 different keys to unlock the 10 different kind of constellations of the collective unconscious of of, of the space and you have to do those 10 ebbs and flows to get to the one moment of right. catharsis because there's it's like one slow deep roots tune might unlock 10 percent of the people and the next like one drop something might unlock a next 10 percent and you got to keep going through and unlock everyone and keep unlocking keep unlocking keep unlocking and then you can unleash and go into this kind of like like as we would say for using jashaka terminology like a king david style zulu warrior kind of like free up moment but the 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 trend that i see that's become quite dominant is that people want to get there by nine o'clock and you can't get there by nine o'clock 
them things take it's probably you start at nine and maybe by two you're ready for your first energetic one you know yeah, at the moment yeah you have to warm in you have to ease in exactly it's, it's definitely a process it's like you say there's definitely something that has to be built and i think that's also a reason why sessions start often with roots music as you say which was different to last night which is something which i know you said you appreciated was the fact that you you got to end a session with a with a more of a roots dub experience than the heavier kind of side of sound system music that we get nowadays yeah and the presentation that's given usually at the end of sessions is a lot it's a lot heavier and a lot more energetic and i think that the opportunity for therapy the therapeutic energy that exists within roots and dub dances is something which i've never experienced personally mm. or very minorly experienced in any, any other kind of session and I wonder what aspects you think of a dance that created therapeutic, not just the music itself, that too, but the sound levels, something which obviously I'm obviously very much passionate about is sound system and sound system presentation and sonics and audio. So I wonder what you think about that, that side of things as well, which helps to create an addition to the experience. I think everything... It, I mean, the tradition that became sound system, as we know it today, its manifestation, I think, almost every component of its original manifest manifestation is conducive to that aim. So, when we talk about sound system, we're talking about a tradition that, as far as my research has shown me, is the birthplace of bass. Yeah. Like, as far as I can tell to date, as far as I can figure out and research, there was no, um, there was no opportunity for people to hear bass line until the reggae sound system. The average low frequency cutoff was 100 hertz and for those who aren't versed in audio engineering terminology that is um a cutoff point that excludes everything we've come to know in this common in this modern time as bass so if you really check it it's like You have Jamaica, you have a population in Jamaica who is there, it's a displaced population severed from their ancest ancestral lineage via brutality. And that's a rich ancestral lineage where ceremonial ritualistic use of sound frequency was an integral part of the functioning of day-to-day -day life and you've got Count Ozzy in the hills now who is a Nyabingi 
drum um was a the recording of Nayabingi drums which can be traced to the Ashanti tribe so those drums being 100% sacred in origin and application are have now been recorded but recorded to a medium which cannot emulate the entire spectrum of their frequency right because the technology is is isn't it doesn't exist you're limited by the yeah of the technology yeah so and that's one such example but from what i can see if you think about those the images of those original sound systems in jamaica they're taking technology taking the drivers and putting them in enormous cabinets which are like 10 times bigger than the cabinet that they would be bought in when you buy them from the shop yeah and that's been done to extend the low frequency response then at the same time you have a Jamaican engineer by the name of Hedley Jones who was the first person he was a pilot for the British Royal Air Force in World War II and when he returned to Jamaica with the knowledge that he had garnered in radar systems he managed to use that knowledge to create the first circuitry to divide high and low frequencies and as full well once you divide the frequency band it gives you scope to amplify particular aspects of that spectrum of the audio spectrum without sacrificing the other elements so now you've separated high and low frequencies you can amplify the low frequencies and maintain the high frequencies so this as far as i can see is the invention of bass like we've come to all take bass for granted even like small little bluetooth speakers now are emulating or recreating frequencies that not very long ago were only able you could only experience those frequencies if you went to a temple or that had been carved out of the stone right. with a resonant chamber to amplify those frequencies or you was in some sort of ceremonial context where the drums is beating those low frequencies and so forth so my sort of um my feeling about it based on the testimonies of thousands of people of what sound system means to them and what that experience and, and so forth of gathering in a space and being immersed in those low frequency vibrations to me can't be anything other than sacred and it's like it wasn't anything other than sacred like 50 odd years ago 60 70 years ago the only time you're going to hear low frequencies is when you go to something sacred ceremonial ritualistic ancient kind of settings i mean so and you use the word ancient and i think that's really interesting because the when you talk about nyabingi drums and drumming circles i can imagine historically they were some of the first gatherings musical gatherings that took place and had the ability 
to everyone would sit around. There's a feeling I get when I'm sat in a drum circle or sat in an environment around a fire that this has been done for a very long time. Yeah. Like I get that instinctual sort of ancestral feeling of this has been done for a very long time. And it makes sense. The drums, animal hide and some wood, very basic materials that exist and have existed within nature for a very long time. So it makes sense that they would have been some of the first instruments. I know about the flute that they found, they excavated in Scandinavia recently, which they think was a bone flute that they okay. think is one of the oldest instruments. Wow. That they've that they've archaeologically discovered, okay, and it survived because it was fossilized in in a bog in a peat bog, which is often happens. Anyway, but my point is that the drum that you talk about and amplifying the bass frequencies, there's I've always said from from the sessions that I've done and I've observed, I like to split music up into subconscious and conscious appreciation of music and i think that the drum and the bass frequency in general always taps in to the subconscious more time than it does the conscious side it it creates a that because of that and i think that might have something to do this is just my opinion but i feel like it has something to do with that ancient practice and something that's been within our everyone's universal cultural tapestry from from the earliest times and I think having that that bass frequency connects and you're, and you're seeing people's movements where people people don't often dance to the upper frequency range if you want to if you want to make someone move they don't even know why they're moving or why they're dancing it's the bass frequencies that are making them do it they're they're, they're just their bodies start skanking their body starts moving and it's often to that rhythm and to the drum, and then and then when you, when you want to connect people with the con- on the conscious side of it, you play the melodies and the the harmonies and vocals, and that's what makes people tune in on a more on a more conscious listening level rather than an intrinsic. And I think that bass amplifying that bass and harnessing that power is something which has a a lot more of an ability to connect people. And you have to. It's important, like you say in the dance when you, earlier you were talking about creating that sense of ceremony and I think that comes from making sure everyone's engaged mm. on all aspects so you, we were talking about you had frankincense burning yeah you've got there's a visual element to what you do because it's it's different to just selecting tunes you're 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 very much physically in in it it's everyone's watching yeah. people turn from so you're engaging people visually with their with their smell yeah. and then heavily auditorily on yeah. a conscious level and subconscious level yeah and that really I think enables situations like the powerful situations that you experience where because you're really present it's connecting all your senses so you're really very much in the moment and that gives then you as a musician the ability to convey your message a lot stronger because people are very much drawn in on all levels well bass is is it's a very tangible experience of the fact that vibration um, permeates the physical organism. It's like all vibration permeate, permeates the physical organism. Everything yeah. in the frequency spectrum, light, sound, and all, all everything in the vibratory world, which is everything. But 
that particular segment of the frequency band that we call bass is one that we know full well in sound system. It's like when you stand outside the venue, it's the bass that you're hearing because it's omnidirectional in nature and yeah. it, it can it actually travels four times faster through solid matter than it even does through air. Um, so to be immersed in a room that is sort of saturated and dominated in that low frequency vibration and, and just a disclaimer because it's like a lot of people are like sort of like oh low frequency and so low vibration or and them things when i say low frequency I, i'm not talking about low vibes or bad yeah. vibes i'm literally from a physics perspective it's 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 uh wavelength is lower in measure than yeah. than frequencies higher it is an experience that you have that dissolves the boundary between your notion of yourself as a individual living entity with free will you can't necessarily uphold that which we know is an illusion deep right. down like yes we are individuals we have our own thoughts we like to believe that we can fulfill our own destinies and and so forth and we believe that we have a, a boundary between ourselves and the outside world which most people perceive as their skin the, the outside world begins when your skin at the edge of the boundary of your skin mm. and your organs and we know that that's not true necessarily we know that on a basic level that the, the skin is permeable and a lot of the sort of fields of study that like like the human biosphere and things like that is, is recognizing these sort of electromagnetic energy fields that we emit and absorb and collaborate in creating and and so forth so i feel like base is 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 the experience of being saturated by base is a is a literal um representation of the fact that we're not actually individuals we are part of a uh we are part of one living organism and and base connects us back to that and connects us to each other and yeah. is it's a rare opportunity i think where everyone in in the space when the context is right you have these sort of notions of like brain entrainment and things like that and we can see in in nature the notion of entrainment um where things start to vibrate like birds uh synchronistic flying of birds in a flock or like women who share the same space their menstrual cycles start to align or yeah when you swing pendulums eventually those pendulums will start to swing up like it's sort of nature's way of maintaining harmony and creating harmony and conserving energy as well because everyone being on their own vibration is 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 a not a very conservative use of energy individualism so i think based like on on many levels but just on that is is one of the few examples that we get to have in our sort of rational headspace where we're like 
oh, I'm not actually an individual because I'm, it's like, I think if people have never been to a sound system session and, and that can't comprehend, it's like almost like 500 people, if there's 500 people in the session or whatever, all jumping in a swimming pool at the same time. Yeah. Like, you, then you're all in the water and you, you're all in it together. And that's kind of the feeling with that bass. Like, there's no escaping it. There's no, absolutely nothing you can do you're to immersed. escape that. It's fully immersed. It's 100% you're in it. Yeah. And there's not many situations in this life nowadays where we get to have some experience so unifying as sharing the same uh, sonic landscape as that. 100%. I think all the, so the oral hearing level of engagement is something which has a real strong attachment to... They say smell is the strongest attachment to your memory. Okay. But I do often think that each sense... Well, I was talking about senses and you were talking about being bathed in it. I think the hearing... You're not... It's, bass is a frequency that quite often, if anyone's been in a, a loud sound system session, you're not. it's not really engaging your ears as per se. It's a physical feeling. It's... A, it's a bodily sense it's something which like you said you feel it and actually through your body often rather than actually hearing it like more time your body's more going to be picking it up on a physical on, on a physical biological level there and again because if, if you want to say your body's an antenna at that point for it you've got a massive amount of area to be soaking that up and connecting to that experience and yeah, I think the healing abilities of bass, as we're still talking about that, I think the healing abilities of it are profound. I remember reading about the cat purr and why why cats purr and how they purr. And I remember reading this article about how they think there's studies into the frequency in which they purr at. And one of them... Well, part of it state is that it connect, that frequency connects with humans on a, on a level which makes them alluring as a as a pet and helps you to care for them because it's a like a frequency that you really can that is intrinsic within human nature and and, and like our ability to connect to sound and not only that it helps heal the animal itself okay. and solidify their bone structures. That's also another theory because there's a lot of theories around cats poo that cats are quite mysterious, mysterious animals. A lot of science that don't understand a lot of the things they do is quite new. And I thought that was really interesting. When I read about that, my instantly my brain went to sessions and dances. And often when I leave a session, I have a feeling of energy being having experienced being expo expelled from me, having been washed away, flushed out. I often, it's very rare, any other n event, musical event where I've been skanking, dancing, talking, connecting, I leave feeling more energised than I, when I first entered, often. And I've been down, I've been there all night, right? It's often until right until the end, until lights up. And I'm actually still leaving with more energy. And, and I think there's no other thing like it. And I think, personally, I've, try to con convey that and understand that and I feel like the music and the frequencies itself actually operate and create help create to wash away and push out any things you're holding on to 
on a physical level, spiritual as well. It really, it just like purges you almost, and it's cleansed. I like I like the metaphor you used with a a pool. Maybe like it's like you're you're being cleansed by the by the by that pool experience or by the bathing in the base and in the frequencies. Our bodies are literally healing hearing devices. It's like yeah, the bulk of what we experience as the auditory world, we 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 rightly so to some degree associate with what happens in our ears but actually there's a very sort of microscopic fiber fiber on every cell called the the cilia primary cilia which is is like like a little hair like structure that its purpose is 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 to respond to vibratory phenomena so every cell in your body is actually geared up to respond to vibratory phenomena and mm. um it seems like the human organism is actually constituted in a way that it's designed to sort of like respond to vibratory phenomena like in a way that's deeper than what we hear like the 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 stimulation of that fibrous network can create protein changes in the cell so you right. talking like a, it literally changes you at a genetic mm. level the experience of sound and as we know like the lower and lower in the frequency and the higher the amplitude you get the, the stronger that vibration is and now we're dealing with power that like it can dash a drink off a table like those vibrations are sort of seismic they're they're yeah. earthquake like in 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 how profoundly powerful they are so knowing that our entire physical organism is geared up to respond to vibratory phenomena i think when you put that in the context of reggae sound system you're starting to really see that this is a sort of this is a high science and to just to further expound on that I have to make a distinction at this point because as we know in pretty much any kind of spiritual framework or tradition your intention is paramount so like yes you can go to almost any genre of music now and hear bass and be immersed in that sonic landscape and have that experience but is the intention of that space for the betterment of humanity and for the healing of the individual and for the healing of the collective or is it just for having a good time maybe if you're lucky you get to get a little sexual relation or see what I'm saying like, yeah. whereas when you put that into the context of Rastafari reggae sound system now it's like the intention of the use of these technologies is for the betterment of humanity is for the for the ultimate aim of manifesting heaven on earth and that's when i think we see that it's no surprise that when you combine that technology it's no surprise that it's, it's it yes sound system 
has many manifestations and even its original inception was not necessarily explicitly Rastafari orientated but the model of sound system that has become popular throughout earth to all four corners is the Rastafari blueprint of sound system really it's like ones like Jashaka yeah. and so forth who 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 created a wave that, that that has captivated the whole world and I think it's the combination of the intention with that technology and with that phenomena where where things start to get very potent yeah I think you're harnessing like you're saying we're kind of touching on that really heavily now you're really harnessing the manipulation of sound frequencies to instigate and purvey not only your musical message and your productions but also as as you put it what with what you do and people like Josh Shaka did is purvey the message of Rastafari and the teachings that exist within that and so your music I find ref, ref, reflects a rich cultural tapestry in that way and I always wonder how 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 does your your personal cultural identity weave into the music that you make and how important do you think it is and how important for you is it sorry to preserve this the cultural elements within within the music it's a question that has no simple answer really because it's like subject to so much interpretation that it would be I can't make a kind of sweeping statement about how important it is or it isn't but I think we can see just by the trends of history that the commodification of any art form can often lead to its essence being trampled uh, and squashed and ultimately removed in a bid to um, maintain its mass appeal and consequently maintain its capability to generate finance. And there is an undeniable trend in black music of it being appropriated or misappropriated, should I say, commodified and ultimately becoming the very thing that it once stood against um and i think anyone that engages in any art form uh has a responsibility to try to maintain the fundamental um aspects of that tradition um in a way that honors that tradition but then the question arises that each context requires a different um, manifestation because every context is different. Yeah. So in my opinion, Rastafari and reggae music are inseparable and should remain inseparable. And the trend that I see at the moment where Rastafari is becoming subjugated in the sound system scene and we are entering into or we're kind of really already knee deep in in a situation where the 
superficial elements of sound system are becoming maybe more popular and more economically viable than the components that were prevalent in its origins um and i think that's leading us into a place where it's it's potential for the benefit of humanity is 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 at risk so how a one is to interpret that an act is really for one to have to make a conscious decision and hold themselves accountable to the highest standard when they're engaging in that and also the responsibility to try to understand with as much as you as much as you have available to you the tradition that you are engaging with so What was the question? Okay, so it was, it was obviously you're deeply rooted within mm. this this cultural identity and message and something which you studied and yeah and spend a long time in, uh, from from what I know about your journey. You're very passionate ab- like about upholding this the traditions and the messages that exist within Rastafari teachings and as a religion and as a a way of life and the, and, the, and the teachings that exist within that I think you're very passionate about ensuring that those messages get conveyed through your music and I was just wondering as you said you, I, I think you've answered it quite nicely of how important it is to uphold that and how important you see it is to uphold it I think if we look at yoga yeah like like yeah you can do yoga in whichever way you choose you can engage with it in whichever depth you choose if you just want to like get flexible get more sexy you can do yoga get a bit flexible get a bit more sexy yeah. all good but I think it's safe to say that you, you you're, you're, you're not as likely to um, have an experience in your practice if that's the way that you're engaging with it right. that is is going to be of lasting benefit for you and humanity so yoga comes from a very rich tradition so yeah. as the sort of like more cultural and um, spiritual components get relegated in a bid to maintain its financial viability in a secular world or in a secular society should I say um, it stands to reason that maybe yoga is 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 not serving people in as in as in as deep as a way as it as it could, and I think that can be said about the sound system. But it's like you can't separate Jashaka and Rastafari. Jashaka, no one seems to have refuted his title post his transition. He's 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 left this earth in the physical manifestation as the undisputed king of sound system. Yeah. And Jashaka was unapologetically instructing all of us who attended his sessions to face his imperial majesty. It, it, it was the whole 
scenario was set up in a way that's very what might seem unusual to people to see Shaka there with his back, back to, to the audience looking at his banner of, of the king consequently instructing everyone to also look at the banner of the king and whether consciously or not I, I don't know but those sessions were always set up in a way the boxes were positioned in a way the control tower was positioned in a way where there was no real logical reason why you wouldn't go in and formulate and, and form a sort of circle or semicircle around him as the leader of the of the ceremony and consequently be following him as he leads you to his majesty and to take Rastafari out of that equation I think we lose all of its potency um, so that that I think is the most integral thing and then obviously we can't have a discussion like this without acknowledging the racial component of of the question I mean it's, yeah. it's sort of like reggae sound system is, is a black experience it was by black people for black people for the upliftment of a downpressed people and so then it stands to reason like how much white or Caucasian influence is feasible for it to maintain its cultural functioning and I don't know the answer to that question I'm, I'm probably not very well situated to even answer that question and it's a question that will have a diverse set of answers according to who you ask but yeah. in my opinion if Rastafari stays central then we keep the 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 example of his imperial majesty central and that example is one of African liberation it is one of acknowledging that there is a situation on earth that needs to be rectified for all of our benefit it's not like the the emancipation of Africa and 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 the diaspora is a situation yes of course principally the eradication of racial injustice and racial imbalance and, and racial subjugation um, is principally of benefit for those who are afflicted by it but it's also the, 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 it's the emancipation of everyone because when there's unity there's unity they, they, there can't be unity for one set of people when there's unity there's unity it's not subject to interpretation once there's unity for us to be free must all be free exactly so I don't see a rational case for any deviation from the sort of fundamental modality of sound system because there's no I, I don't see a reason for Rastafari not to be present in, yeah. in 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 the sessions because it's not it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Rastafari and the work is still ongoing the the project that was started is a project that hasn't reached its completion yet so I think anyone who's involved in it has a degree of responsibility to try to the best of their ability to understand it and 
I do get asked the question sometimes because it's the climate that we live in, and especially this time now, there's a lot of questions being posed and there's a lot of pressure on people to answer these type of questions. And I, 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 I don't have any answers to these questions. But what okay. I can say is that engaging with the subject, even if it doesn't lead you to an answer, engaging with the subject is going to teach you things about yourself that are of benefit to the entire endeavor anyway, regardless. Yeah. So it's like there's no justification to not engage with it on, on that level and ask these questions and ask what's the most appropriate way for its manifestation, what's the most appropriate way for my involvement to sculpt and mold the trajectory of this scenario. That's always going to bring... That, that line of self-inquiry is always going to bring results that are conducive to its aim. Yeah, I agree. I think it's... It's, you've touched on a lot of things there. I think doing research and understanding something to its fullest is, always, like you say, is always going to benefit you, someone as a practitioner. And also stepping into a music, like I said, which holds such a strong cultural identity. Yes. Very, very firmly presented, not only visually in dances, but also within the message and the music, within the the words. The, uh, the word sound and power that's used in the lyrics, the messages of oppression and fighting against the establishment and all these things are something which has existed within the cultural identities of African people from their from their from the journey from Africa into the into the West and etc. Historically, their their need to express that and within the within the context of trying to better humankind and educate people educate the masses on the these things to then help obviously with the aim of to help prevent and create an awareness and something which i think is really important as a whole to help bring humanity together is creating a, a more awareness about things not being ignorant not being blind to things and something which I've always valued about the roots music and reggae music is its forwardness in presenting the struggle and presenting these these darker sides of humanity, but having a positive, uplifting kind of bring us together side of it. It's like yes, we're going to talk about the the hard things, but but in doing so bring us bring us together and bring us forward so that we it's not it's not morose it's not negative in its presentation it's mm. the 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 descriptions might be of a negative thing but it's for the positive side of it and i've always thought that's like a really nice it's never sad it's never really presents itself as a sad feeling you get like it, it could mm. be sad in its word but the feeling and the emotion that you experience is one of togetherness and bringing you up bringing people up it's alchemy yeah and you touched on uh, the the race side of things and that's something which i've definitely talked to many elders in the community and me and strider have talked about many times just over cups of tea how you can the the issue that exists within sound system presentation is an observation obviously over historically from um 
UK dancers in particular I'm talking about here, the transition in the attendees that, that mm. take place within dances now, and I've something which I've talked about with Strider many times is trying to understand how how the attendees, the the general overall the cultural background yeah. that of the people that attend the dance has changed. And I always wonder why that is so much. But also also poses a question to me as a, as someone who operates a sound system and I have something which I'm passionate about trying to trying to discuss with people or help work towards is how do we reconnect the black youth back with this this the sound system and the music of their forefathers because i and i was trying to, i was trying to my opinion on it, or a, a brief opinion on it is the music that the message within the music and the reason why drill and grime especially drill now is or has become more popular within the black youth is because it conveys a message that is more relevant to their lived experience than the one that roots music has like they they listen to roots music a lot of my friends and they see it as their their dad's music or music mm. that their dad used to listen to and they don't connect with the actual message in the, in the the actual lyrical message and also not just that but as a producer yourself and someone who creates music when you're creating music you're putting a you're putting a message a story within into the production as well mm. which is also part of the message and i don't think that they connect with it on the same level as they do with drill and grime music because that speaks of a thing that the, the the stuff the struggles that they're going through now more and i think it's difficult i think to do that we need to address that i wonder what your opinion is on that i think it's a very difficult one to summarize because we, we kind of entered into a situation now where the internet has made planet earth seemingly a very small space and we can we can say something like the black struggle or something as if yeah. that's one uniform struggle and yes, there'll be many overlaps of what that struggle means in different places, but every place is going to have its own manifestation of that. So I think it's kind of dangerous in some ways to make a sweeping statement that that like there's one world solution to it. And um, the it's 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 a paradoxical situation to discuss especially in the context of Rastafari because his majesty was clear his majesty said that black and white as forms of speech should be eradicated and yet at the same time he concludes his famous address to the UN where he says until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eye and and so forth and so forth and he concludes that speech by saying we Africans will fight if necessary and we know we shall win as we're confident in the victory of good over evil. So we've got two seemingly paradoxical instructions there. One is that we should eradicate black and white forms of speech and he also says human beings are precisely the same. And these words are not to be taken lightly. The The, the inclusion of the word precise there is, is, is very prescriptive. Human beings are precisely the same. Um... He also says that we should become members of a new race, overcoming petty prejudice. So there's a mystical component. On one hand of, of, of the argument, we could say there's a mass 
commercialization and dilution of the music to the point where it no longer serves the communities that it was created from and for and now a different community is engaging with the music and on the flip side of that we can see as we did last night I can stop the music and I can exalt the name of Ja and the crowd will say Rastafari so it's not to be dismissed that a European audience will exalt the name of a black king who stood for the total emancipation of Africa, for the end of colonialism and neocolonialism. I think the question is, how do we keep that prevalent in a way where it still functions towards its aims and objectives? And I can fully empathize with anyone who is one of the original vanguards of the tradition that feels that its current sort of dispensation is blasphemous to its original aims and objectives. And yet at the same time, we can speculate about whether it should or shouldn't be happening and whether it's good or, good or not good until the cows come home. And yet it's still happening. It's still sound system is one of the most rapidly growing musical phenomenon in Europe. There is literally a sound system in almost every far-flung European village yeah. at the moment. And, and there's groups of young people in their scores that are like strapping together two bits of wood and screwing a speaker into it and playing this music. So how do we create a situation where, I guess before it's too late, where the embracement of that music in a seemingly paradoxical way can still work towards the fulfillment of its aims and objectives. And I don't have any real answer to, to that question except to just acknowledge. I know in myself at a certain point, I just, after wrestling with these questions for a long time, it's like, cool I can intellectually wrestle with it as much yeah. as I want but it's still happening and I'm still in a position of responsibility and I can still do something about it and then it's like to slide into some sort of judgmental type of scenario which to be fair is very difficult not to do because some of the some of the scenes that you see unfolding in some of these sound system sessions are quite unbelievable in comparison to how it was like 10 years ago and even more unbelievable to 20 years ago and totally unfathomable to 30 years ago and beyond the realms of the wildest imagination 40 years ago and beyond. So it's difficult not to, to, to look on that and judge it sometimes. And yet at the same time, we know that assuming a judgmental stance and then having some sort of prescriptive um, approach to what people should or shouldn't be doing is actually more often than not going to just accelerate the very thing that you don't want to be happening to happen. Yeah. So it's like how to work with that with love and humility and that's why again I would have to draw back 
to the king because his majesty was the the world's greatest diplomat he if you really check it like there's this video clip of so that speech that I just referenced where 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 his majesty said until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eye if you check it in the timeline of history he gave that speech at a point in time where the construction of Africa Hall in Addis Ababa was taking place and that was a building that he constructed at great expense to convene the meeting of the heads of state of Africa for the first assemble of the Organization of African Unity which is an organization that he put together to create um, policy changes to eradicate colonialism and neo-colonialism from the face of the continent and there's a video clip of him walking Queen Elizabeth up the stairs of Africa Hall and at the top of the stairs of Africa Hall there's an enormous stained glass window and that stained glass stained glass window piece its title is the complete emancipation of Africa and it depicts a scene which is literally the destruction of Queen Elizabeth's empire wow. so I'm saying that to say one of hundreds thousands of examples of the diplomacy of the king because who could walk Queen Elizabeth up the stairs and show her an art piece in the entrance which depicts the end of her empire in a building which is established to end her empire with diplomacy and she kind of just looks at it like oh that's nice and they carry on their walk and that's the sort of thing that I want to try and emulate in, in, in this situation because I think fundamentally maybe contrary to popular opinion fundamentally I think human beings are good and I have faith in the goodness of humanity so therefore I have faith in the redemption of people and this is a highly redemptive art form or it has instructions for the redemption of, of the individual and the collective inside it um, so to do that with grace and humility and compassion is, is the challenge I think that lays ahead for maintaining that original ethos as it morphs into these different constellations of the modern age yeah I think you've answered that question really nicely and I think that something which I like to address on this podcast importantly is past present and future contexts mm. of everything we're talking about and I think you've you're really nicely talking about now the future and going forward I think it's important to look at how we can add to things and and help improve things it's always better looking for betterment there's always a pursuit I think is is admirable in anything you do in life mm. music as oneself spiritual journey how do you think that your use of well, what you do as a musician and your approach to music is going to help with the future of not only of the music that you that you work with but just society as a whole do you think there's like a because I think that personally I think just to add to that 
before you get into that answer because it's that's a it's a big question i think that the ability in times of such disconnect that we exist in now that i see through the use of social media phones mm. but also politically how the media mass media really pushes that mm. the idea of individualism which we touched on earlier which is something that heavily exists within the philosophy of capitalism yes and the idea of w looking after oneself and doing that is something which is pushed on us to help enable control in my opinion mm. and i think music as a whole not just the power of, we've discussed of roots and dub music in particular and that ceremony to connect people and bring people in a in a, in a ceremony and shared experience but music as a whole i think mm. has that ability is almost a the, the the tip of the spear sometimes in fighting against that disconnect and so yeah i don't know how you f see the music that you work in but also music as a whole i guess as 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 a as a fighting force against that what was the first part of the question so how how do you think that they've seen when we're talking about the future of music yeah, yeah. what do you how do you see it how do you do you see any massive changes ahead or do you see a continuation of do you think it's important to just continue on this on the holding standing firm and holding that holding that space and you think that's just that will help i think now more than ever we find ourselves at a juncture where it's becoming really important that we hold on to things that are real because we are now officially in the post-truth era like it's becoming increasingly difficult to figure out what's true and what's not true what's real and what's not real yeah. and artificial intelligence is well and truly like here and here to stay and looks like it's going to morph and permeate like a lot of our kind of day-to-day -day lives so i think the responsibility right now is huge because the future is hanging in the balance in many ways like transhumanism is real man like they really like it's it's coming like yeah, an alarming rate like this headset vr thing is is coming and um it's way more advanced than than i think we even know and its implementation is 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 already underway yeah so i think it's a a, a position for any of us who are of of an age where we have the uh capability and ability to 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 create anything any form of art or just create anything is 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 very heightened at the moment because the digital emulation of real life phenomena i don't think is going to lead us into a greater sense of connection with each other and greater sense of connection with the earth and a greater sense of connection with things that are beyond our comprehension um so i think that's one one component that is 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 very rife at the moment and the sound system again is one of those things where it's like it's not easily emulated it's not something you could probably get too easy with a vr headset um 
but the attention span is something that I'm very concerned about because I've noticed a steady decline in people's attention spans throughout the years of playing. It yeah. used to be sufficient that you could put on a record and that record was a great record and people would enjoy it from the beginning to the end. Yeah, I agree. And then you pull it up and you play it again and you flip it over and you play the dub and then you pull up the dub and you play it again and you maybe even play it again and maybe if it's even going crazy, you play it again. And that a prerequisite to engaging with that is attention and attention has become one of our most sought after commodities it's a commodity yeah exactly so you get paid for that now that's how much that's how they that's how they gauge advert payments and exactly exactly so and the message in the music is not something that can be reduced to a meme exactly. it's something you've got to immerse yourself in and, and contemplate and mull over and reasoning like the the i i don't want to have a negative prescription of the future because there's always hope as long as we have life there is hope but i i have to reflect on the times gone by and and look at what i reflect on and say well what did what what what, what in what in what we once had was so important that we have to find ways to keep some semblance of that going and i think a lot about the ecosystem that was around the music yeah so we had record stores and cultural stores and then the sound system sessions and you could buy books you you could get some ital food and for me as a youth it was like i finished school i went to the record shop every day pretty much and in that record shop you're listening to the music and you get to reason with an elder and get to overstand something and then maybe you like pose a question that can't be answered in the record shop so you say what my you go around the corner to the bookshop and buy yourself a book and you go to the book and the man in the bookshop is always an oracle of knowledge or a woman <laughs> in the bookshop is an oracle of knowledge and you get into our next reasoning and then you go to the sound system and you hear that a message that pertains to the book that you're reading or, or pertains to the reasoning that you were having and then you have the radio and the pirate radio and then as a music producer it would be assembling groups of people in a studio and you're reasoning and creating that music together and then you're pressing it to vinyl and you're putting them vinyls in the back of your car and you're driving it to the record shops and it was a highly um it was it was an all-encompassing like ecosystem which fulfilled you on many levels from like dietary advice to historical knowledge no, knowledge of history knowledge of politics of geopolitics the spiritual instruction and so forth so i feel that for the future we have to think about how we keep a uh, an ecosystem that 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 flows round and and it's rejuvenates itself yeah. in a way that doesn't that that makes it impossible when i reminisce on them times it was quite impossible to function as an individual 
it just wasn't it wasn't part of the way things were set you right. you had to engage you had to do go you had to be sort of physically involved in that and that's something that i see in in decline and like i've given different talks and been on podcasts and things and and recently i, I had a few people come up to me at a festival in europe and say to me oh like i heard your talk last year and big up because i never knew that there was anything more deep to this music until i heard you really kind of spell it out and i said wow great give thanks i'm glad that i could provide you with the opportunity to come to that realization but inside a little piece of me was also like crying thinking how can sound system be so popular and how can there be tens of thousands of people assembling at these sound system festivals all over the place and people are actually telling me they had zero notion of the fact that there was anything of substance in this music whatsoever and that showed me like the point at, that we're at and it's like yeah. oh yeah I get I see why you're at that because maybe you hear two dubs in a thing and you shazam them and then you find that on Spotify and that's that the accessibility of music really is what you're touching on here I think like the accessibility that the the shortcuts that we have now not only to acquire music exactly but but to also to purvey it as well I think generally the whole process is lost a lot through the through the ease and the touch of a button almost approach now to well, at some point it's, it's going to be touch of the button creation of music that's something which is a whole other thing like the introduction <laughs> of AI and things you yeah, know, I've yeah, been, I, what I saw a, I, I, I saw a, like an AI production program where mm. you literally just t type in a prompt a word prompt yeah. and it produces like a basic yeah, albeit basic it's still this is early technology for them somewhat so i'm sure the development will come and that raises a whole nother conversation about creativity but you're what you're talking about there i think it was really touching on the accessibility when you're saying that you used to go to the record shop and and physically touch through the records the human engagement that exactly. took place it was more than just going to get records it, it was a like you said a whole holistic journey exactly. and something which also just add, well, not only adds to your experience as a human being and your knowledge as a human being but also your attachment to the music and the the journey that within it because it gives you so much more and just touching but downloading tunes I've always said the same thing about when I'm selecting records and and as opposed to choosing them on a on a US on a CDJ yeah you you physically just the act of turning around even yeah yeah touching your record bag flicking through looking at the physical colour of I don't even see because it's in a session you don't even see the, the lyric uh, the title of the track yeah you 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 touch it and you see the colour of the label more time yeah yeah and you that tune but not only that tune you're drawing on where you bought that tune when you bought it how you're feeling exactly. all those memories come to present and that 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 uh, more holistic connection to things is much more tangible and and much more profound than, than it is just like the accessibility of just black touching buttons. I think that, yeah, it takes away a lot of a lot of the power. I think it also speaks to, to the earlier point in the discussion about the cultural and racial component of things because for me, as a white youth, there was no other way to engage with the culture. Like, 
I remember even being in Bristol at St Paul's Carnival. Um, I I can never remember exactly what year this was. It's like mid nineties ish, and there was a little record stall in the back of a van on. If my memory serves me correctly, it was on Brighton Street. And I walked up to the back of the van and there was there was a rass in the van and maybe our next rass outside or something. And they looked at me, took one look at me and they're like, yes, my youth, you're not going to find no Spice Girl in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's cool. Give me one of them Yabby U seven inches. Yeah. And they looked at me like, what about Yabby U? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but that was a prerequisite like in a way we could say that was there was gatekeepers to the culture yeah like you weren't just going to be accepted and rightly so because there's a certain like erosion of things in this society where it's like this sort of self-entitled mentality that has become so prevalent and the digital age has really heightened this sense of self-entitlement because you can have everything that you want at the touch of a button. Yeah. But that's not actually parallel to any spiritual tradition or any kind of like martial art or something. We, we accept that if you want to learn like jujitsu or... Uh, Tai Chi or Wing Chun or yeah. any of these things, you're going to go there, you're going to get broken, like physically, psychologically, spiritually, and you're going to get built back up. And I think about like the Buddhist temples with the monks in training where they they have to meditate for like three days or something and they're not allowed to sleep. And if you, if the the, the the main boss man of the temple sees you nodding off, he'll lick you around the back with a, a bamboo stick or something. <laughs> and it's like, sacred and profound things are not supposed to be available at the touch of a button because you're supposed to prove yourself worthy of having access to the knowledge yeah. and to the wisdom or you prove yourself worthy to have access to the knowledge to gain wisdom and that is something that I think has played a part in, in this sort of different energy that we see ourselves in now where there's been no barriers of there's no been no barriers of entrance for people to come into this and again, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to not end up in a judgmental stance, but it's a kind of forgive them father for they know what, not what they do type of scenario because like I say, I, I fundamentally have to believe that human beings are good, people are of good nature and when people are given clear instruction and met with love and humility that they, they will engage with things in, in a way that is, is appropriate to it. But when there is absolutely zero barriers to your engagement, then of course people are just going to take it and do whatever they want to it. 
and now we've reached a stage where a lot of a huge cohort of the people engaging with this music and 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 sound system and things have no idea that it comes from something sacred and profound and that it comes from a, a struggle and that it, 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 it served a major part in a struggle and it's a struggle that is still not resolved to this day so mm. i don't know in this digital era how we put back in those barriers but i i, I think things like these like long-form discussions which is why i give thanks to you for facilitating it is a nice way for people to have an opportunity to at least understand that they are dealing with something that requires their diligence and 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 their it requires of them to ask themselves questions about what they're doing why they're doing it and if they're doing it in a way that is conducive to its aims this is it and i think that's really i appreciate that perspective and i think that often it's not the case that when we're talking about how the shortcut of technology has disabled the the journey aspect of wisdom and knowledge mm. per se of lessons and often walking the road metaphorically is where the lessons take place the end result isn't 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 the reward often anything difficult in life the heart, often the biggest lessons you learn i find in life come from the most difficult situations mm. and and it's not it's not just from experience the end result of the difficult situation the loss per se it's the processing of a loss or the walking the walking of the road as it were is where the lessons take place right and i feel like touching of a button like we're saying technology these things don't necessarily remove the responsibility from the user but it, it, it takes away the opportunity often from the user to walk that road you see mm -hmm. what I mean the accessibility and the, and, the, and the ease it doesn't even make people give people the opportunity to be aware that there's a road to walk or there are lessons to be learnt along the way no. it's, it just removes their opportunity to even have that so it's not like you say it's like forgive them for not what they know but it's like they're not necessarily people as a whole or people that take part in that like quick reward approach especially if you've been brought up in this technological age yeah you won't even know about the the difficult the 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 lessons that could have been there for you like it's like for example like turning on a tap mm. at home before tap before plumbing existed yeah we you had to walk to the well mm -hmm. right to get water yes now that journey in itself that's that daily thing will teach you something mm. the gratitude for water exactly the gratitude for that fundamental thing people take for things for granted yes. when they're presented to you uh, with ease yeah. and water's a great example actually people take for granted but when you haven't got water and your pipe and your plumbing goes off all you want all you can think about is when i need oh, how am i going to get my next glass of water how how am i going to have a shower how am i going to wash myself all those things and when you remove that ability through convenience yeah you remove the people's opportunity to learn yeah, yeah and i think like you say education is is a must in this situation education and that's why i think coming back to what we've been talking about and to keep it in the context of what you do and the power of roots and and dub music and sound system music is it gives a strong sense of that education a strong sense of this isn't just music 
there's more to this and even on my own personal journey has encouraged me to do more research and look mm. further into the history not just of the, the music we're talking about sound system music african music to all music as a whole mm. and, and all the lessons that exist within within all of it because each everything has a has something to, to be learned from or yeah, everything yeah. has something you can learn from and i think that's like a really yeah a really admirable and really powerful part of not just music as a whole but yeah this music that you work in and that, that I that I spend a lot of time working with. Yeah, man, I think it's a crucial part of the discipline. To it, Things are not supposed to be like the same by the sweat of our brow, we shall eat bread. You're supposed to sweat to get a loaf of bread. That's it. Like, and that's not just some sort of like me being stuck in the past and starting to sound like an old man you know you gotta work no because that's the meaning that's what provides the meaning in life it's just it's the it's the small details of what you had to do in order to get what you've got and that's the lessons of life come in the challenges yeah. of doing what you've got to do to get what you want or what you need and that 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 is something that yeah is absolutely not unique to to this music or this art form it's is an increasing increasing uh current that we see ourselves kind of swimming in at the moment where accessibility is just wild at the moment and that heightened sense of self-entitlement because everything is available at the tap of a button is driving people to I, I, I to, to refer back to, to, to what you asked me about visions for the future yeah. my actual hope is and I feel like I'm seeing evidence of this already is that for maybe the last decade or so or longer we've existed in 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 a in a crossroads that was a little bit too comfortable and for um a lot of things were allowed to slide and what i mean by that is that we have allowed technology to encroach on our lives yeah but to a degree we still have freedom within um the way we engage with these technologies so a lot of us myself included like i honestly can't believe that i have agreed to the terms and conditions of most of the apps on my phone yeah. because if you asked me 20 years ago would you willingly press accept on a terms and conditions that is given a technology giant permission to spy on your every thought and feelings, I would have said, hell no. And yet I've done it. But as it gets more and more authoritarian and totalitarian in its application, I think more and more people are going to start to say, yo, no, this is this has gone too far now. And there will be a stronger current of people who are like, no, 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 we've got to find a different solution to this. And I'm seeing a lot of people leaving the cities 
and a lot of people returning back to the countryside and looking for solutions to exist and spend the rest of their days or maybe raise their offspring in a way that isn't so bound by these technologically oppressive things that we've let so much into our life so it's a sort of paradox because my 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 hope comes in the fact that what i see looks like it's going to get so unbearably bad that i think it is going to force people to come up with new innovative solutions to have an existence that isn't totally dominated by a technology that is designed for the enslavement of the human uh, mind yeah it creates a soul i was yeah. going to mind soul I, you yeah. know it creates a dependency doesn't it we get dependent on things that we end up reliant on on things to function and exactly. operate and I, they, the more they drive us in the technological age the more it works towards that favor like phones is it without a phone nowadays especially a smartphone it's very hard to operate in the in a modern city especially you where everything's touch on the touch go or you have to use apps to buy a ticket to get on the train or the bus and you can't do it without it things like that so but without getting too much i feel like we've got into the kind of the drawbacks of technology mm. as it were to, to to every yin yin is a yang and, and what do you, so i think it's important to also note as we mentioned earlier how technologies helped also helped benefit us in in terms of speaker development manufacture amplification well I mean if you look it's, at my things at teachings in Dublin last night it looked say. like a spaceship brother that's what I was about to say so <laughs> how, you know you're used to technology you've also used it to benefit the purveyance of, of the music and how, I think that there's the, like you say anything can be used as a negative but with conscious application it can also be massively used as a positive and I, how do you think you know, technology has also helped help kind of benefit you not only in your performance but I mean the things that I do and and for anyone who isn't familiar with what I do that is listening to this like what the session in question that that happened last night um what I do as a as a music producer is take my discography in multi-track format and then I mix that in the art form that we call in reggae music dub which I will always stand firm is a process and not a genre we use the spiritual art form of dub to reinterpret the recorded materials in a new way, which is the cornerstone of electronic music. The pioneers like King Tubby and Lee Scratch and Scientist and so on, Jammies and so forth, Augustus Pablo and many, many greats. And so I've utilized technology to develop that art form. Um, I come from an analog tradition. I come from reverbs being mechanical reverbs, spring mm. reverbs and delays being mechanical echo units, tape, audio source recorded on tape and repeated back on itself and analog mixing consoles and so forth. And I try to recreate that to the best of my ability and the best of the technology's ability in a digital format for many reasons, because it's actually way more practical to do that as a 
touring performer for want of a better word yeah i can do most of the things that i would do in an analog studio with the equipment that i can fit inside a bag that i can still take on as hand luggage on an aircraft right and that's fantastic and i'm not gonna for a minute pretend that i'm not a technology nerd like i use a software called ableton it's literally it is its namesake that software is able like they could have literally called it if there's a will there's a way because whatever <laughs> you want to do in there as an audio nerd you can do it and as a dub engineer it's a dream come true and I I, I, I love it and I think that yes there is sacrifices that are made like I am crunching ones and zeros inside a box to emulate something that should ideally be an unbroken analog waveform. Yeah. I'm crunching it down into digital segmentation and it's being reconstituted and put back through a digital to analog conversion unit and then emitted at a punk as a punctuated sound source, albeit at 44,100 times a second, but it's still punctuated as opposed to one consistent wave. Right. We had a technology before where the audio recording process was that a sound source would vibrate the diaphragm of a microphone that electromagnetic electromagnetic waves that were generated through the mechanical movement of the diaphragm of the microphone would then be recorded electromagnetically onto tape that would then electromagnetically m re um, constitute that waveform as an analog waveform and engrave that into a master lacquer okay. on a cutting lathe and then that would then be picked up by the stylus of the sound system which would be reamplified so that original um, vibration that was captured by the capsule in the microphone has maintained as one consistent analog wave throughout the entire process and undeniably we reminisce on the golden era of reggae music and undeniably it has a sort of m very mystical component and i do think that the analog realms is is quite fundamental to that but almost everyone that i know almost everyone that i work with uses digital we use digital interfaces we record digitally we edit digitally we release the music digitally and i think that the ultimately the power of the music still can transcend even the sort of destructive nature of of the digital process that it undergoes to be to be used in the digital realms i think yeah i think the practicality really was the leading leading change for a lot of people i know of in the music industry to go from analog to digital i've seen now the step away pretty much predominantly from from vinyl into cdjs and the use of cdjs from dj and selector perspectives yeah there's even sound systems sound systems are some of the, some of the only practitioners i know of that actually still uphold that practice often yeah. and something which again because of the elements of the sonic reproduction side of of music listening to records if you can eliminate feedback 
and have got that skill down as a as a sound system operator there's something there's always going to be something about that sound um reproduct reproduction that takes place in the through amplification that it just hits you different and but through practicality and lack of knowledge of how to prevent feedback sometimes a lot of DJs and especially within the electronic side of things they just stepped away a lot of the 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 individuals that were really holding on to mm. the Vivex and the Khans and the people like that in the dubstep world in particular uh, even Marla like he's a, he was someone who really held on to playing vinyl but the practicality ultimately just just took over and I guess as a producer correct me if I'm wrong but the ability to make music like the analog method has although it has that that je ne sais quoi and often it probably can be described scientifically by by many heads very technically but for the, for the average listener it just created a a warmth and a connection to it just that you can't quite describe but it, it, you you can very much once you've listened to the ab there mm. you could, the same tune for example you can really you can really it's more of a in the forefront of the production and the sound is more pre present or prevalent i find but yeah i think in the digital or in the, in analog. the analog i think the, the yeah. warmth and the kind of like the just the overall sound was for me anyway as a listener it's always been more comfortable to, to as a listener i'd say like if i was to describe it it's really hard to explain yeah so I, find I mean it always it's a paradox because essentially jai is great so whatever medium we use to praise jai jai is great full stop yeah so like whether that's some 8-bit digital thing if it elicits the feeling of awe like right jai is great simple but as audio nerds and and so forth yeah there's a question but there's also a question of like there is a lot of nuance that gets lost in the digital and like just for instance it's like program drums versus a recorded drum kit so when you're talking about the difference between every single hit of the hi-hat the kick drum the snare drum the timbali the tom drum being a unique and individual hit of each drum from the start to the finish of the record as opposed to a sample being triggered hundreds or thousands of times throughout the process of that record like how much are you not being exposed to by not having the opportunity to hear every single hit as an individual hit according to the moment and that's not even taken into account like m musicians all together in one room and the way that the the energy of each musician is influencing each musician and recording to a click track as opposed to just recording to the energy of the song and allowing the like the tempo to ebb and flow and so forth and yeah so i think there's a lot of things in nuance of analog that are actually conducive to the things that we're discussing in 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 this reasoning like 
just in terms of like sonic fatigue. You will become much more fatigued listening to digital music way quicker than you will listening to analog music because if you're listening to a four minute piece of audio and every snare drum cracks in exactly the same spot, the frequency is exactly the same, that frequency band in your hearing is going to be exhausted by the end of that song. But the subtle nuance of the, the drummer cracking the snare drum differently on every single hit allows you to re-experience it differently every single time and therefore we become less fatigued and therefore we have more energy to engage with it. But like you say, it's practicalities and some of my favorite music is like program, digital, draw. Like I love the 90s UK, yeah. like the birth of the kind of digi-dub stuff is some of the most inspirational. I wouldn't even be sat here discussing this now if it wasn't for program, drum machine, digital stepper type of music so it's you can go back and forth yeah, on it forever and on both sides i think it's just important to know the downfalls of each medium or each yeah. modality and it's important to know the, the the benefits of each modality and make a decision wisely that's the key like what's your intention yeah. Because if you understand the art form and you understand the technology and you understand the potential advantages or disadvantages and then you make an intention, you make a decision with the intention and the knowledge, then you, you're going to operate with the wisdom of m making the right decision based on that. And, and then that way there is no necessarily no right or wrong answer. It depends on the context and, and so forth. Yeah, I think that's nice. I think you've answered that question. I feel like we've touched on a lot of the, the, as what I aim to do with this podcast is talk about the harmonies of history, mm. identity, and, and the future sound. And I feel like we've really addressed a lot of those things yeah, today on, on this podcast. And I just maybe maybe one last couple couple things. I always like to ask every guest what their rarest piece of music is they know for the for the people listening out there. I actually couldn't answer the question to what the rarest piece of music is because I, I have no idea. Well, that, that you own, I should maybe. That I own? Yeah. I don't even know That's okay. what that is, but it's like, I, I think we put a, a value judgment on something being rare. So what I'm going to do is just tell you what one of the most profound pieces of music, and and, and it speaks to this line of reasoning that we just had because it's I I know one of the songs that was a turning point in my life was it's the title it's the whole album but it's the title track of the album Far Eyes The Captain of My Ship Max Romeo and Josh yeah. Acker. and that song there it just touched me in a moment of time and that holding that album and looking at the album sleeve and seeing a young Max Romeo if my memory serves me correctly he's got his hands in prayer position like looking at a picture of the king and I was a very young um, impressionable boy that needed 
according to the context that I found myself within, I needed guidance or things were going to go very badly for me. The, the, the potential for, for a bad outcome was statistically very high according to the context that I found myself within. Right. And had it not been for that record at that time with that message, like captivating me in the way that it did, like, who is Farai? What does he mean, the captain of his ship? What does he mean? The, the, like, that your gold is and your diamonds, these are just earthly things. And I can't remember what year it came out, but I was, I was young. And it just set me on this path of like, the, the, the chasm between what that record was about and what I was able to understand it being about right. was so vast that coming to an understanding or overstanding of what that record was about just constituted the entire backbone of the trajectory of my life. And so I... Maybe it's original press is rare, maybe it's not, I have no idea, but it's a boom record that changed my life. Yeah, I think, and that's, that's really, really, thank you for sharing that, I think it's a really nice story and shows the ability that music has to really inspire and change trajectories and, and, and bring people away from from danger even. But also, you could you could argue that that was rare for you in terms of, the impact that it had on you like it, it changed it it was a a launching point for your then forward journey so it's rare in terms of its impact on you i'm sure you've probably had many other tunes since then that have had a similar kind of effect on on yourself but, well you know, at the time it was it was new and it was rare yeah but it's so all right rare that record found its way to me in a predominantly white working class predominantly right wing yeah. town right contextually that record had no safe haven in that town it paradoxically was a town that had a lot of reggae sound system in it but i'm saying that to say in terms of its rarity yeah it it was a rare insight into the sort of geopolitics of the modern age for a young white boy in a white town who would, if it would have been perfectly uh, rational for me to have inherited the less than helpful attitudes about race, culture, um, and how to govern oneself socially and family fam, on a family level and relationally it would have been totally normal according to where I found myself to have just kind of gone hook, line and sinker into a very unhelpful disharmonious destructive way of being 
and yet there was this record there like a kind of diamond in the rough just waiting to change my life so in that respect i think we can say it yeah. was it was very rare yeah i like that i always try to see that different people's and the word rare can be interpreted in many ways yeah yeah and just before we finish what would you say to any one individual coming into this music that you love so much and what i i appreciate so much that's taught us so much what would you say is your best bit of advice you could give to someone a younger maybe or any age really but someone coming into this music to practice uh maybe even produce or or run sound system i would say either actively pursue situations where your where your desire to be part of that music are challenged and the reason that i would say to actively pursue that is because in the in in having your desire challenged it will refine your understanding of why you want to do it and consequently make you more ready to do it and do it well and if you don't find yourself in a situation where you can find ways to instigate that challenge take a long hard look in the mirror and ask yourself why do i want to do this and do that every step of the way and don't ever stop doing it and don't ever think that you've arrived don't ever think that you're the finished article and don't ever think that your position within it is guaranteed or justified don't ever put your feet on the table at every step of the way ask yourself is this the absolute best that I can do as a human being like, am I bringing the fullness of who I am to this am I bringing the fullness of who I could be into this am I am i sufficiently armed with the knowledge and information that keeps me in good standing with what this music is about and don't be afraid to answer those questions because like that's the the key to finding any sort of peace in life i think is to find yourself in situations where you have to answer those questions where it becomes mandatory to answer those questions and i i know that sounds quite hardcore but the reason that i say that with so much conviction is because once you can do what you do with conviction with wholehearted conviction because deep down that you are doing this to the absolute best of your ability in a individual and collective sense standing beholden to the historical context then you are going to be of benefit to anyone that comes into contact with what it is that you're doing yeah that's a great answer i think i'm glad i asked that question give thanks i think that's great i think we've talked about everything we've talked about a lot of things not everything there's always so much more to be talked about and hopefully as this as this podcast progresses we can invite you down the line we can hopefully have some more discussions I really appreciate your perspective 
Kabir, and your time today. So thank you so much for coming on the Discuss podcast. It's been really great to hear your perspectives and just have a reasoning, especially, as you say, like in a potent time for yourself after a session. Yeah, I really man. enjoyed last night and more of the same tonight. Cron, yeah, give give thanks for having me on here. Thank you for creating the space. Thank you for facilitating the the dialogue in a way that allows it to to flow. I appreciate that you your agenda is the discussion. You, you haven't approached it with an agenda of trying to with a particular angle, and yeah. and I think that discussion is 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 key at this moment in time. Like we have to reason, we have to speak, we have to be courageous enough to say things that are potentially going to get us into trouble and we have to be courageous enough to face the consequences if we do get ourselves into trouble because it's only in the mess that we create by trying to do the right that we can actually find what the right is. We can't find solutions to global problems if we're not willing to get on our hands and knees and crawl through the dirt and, and look for them. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to come on here and get my hands on these dirty That's as we it. crawl through some of the gritty subjects to talk about the glory of the greatness of Rastafari reggae music. That's great. I appreciate it and I agree. I think through shared understanding, through discussion, create shared understanding. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the same thing that exists within music and the experience within music, but also can be done through discussion. And I think that's, a, in our day and age now, is fundamental and very important in bringing forward more connection. So, yeah, thank you very much. Give thanks, my brother. Give thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I hope to see you on the next one, yeah?